It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on The Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about a close win for Syracuse at Madison Square Garden and a fundraiser for the Texas Bowl. I'm Wes Chang, and I'm here with 2003 national champion Andrew Cowie, and our guest today is former Syracuse basketball player and pro basketball trainer Rob McClanahan. Rob, thanks so much for being on today. No problem, no problem. Rob, you're a renowned trainer. Your client list includes Derek Rose, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, Al Horford, Kevin Love. Tell us a story about how you became, uh, became involved in this coming from Syracuse. Uh, you know, I Syracuse, I went out to coach at uh, South Florida, did a year down there, and uh, you know, I started working a lot of guys out. And while I was at Syracuse, you know, seeing, you know, uh, Hop work all these guys out, and, and guys getting better, with Jason Hart performing the practice, and Nathan Thomas, and you know, all these guys, I kind of really started to enjoy, you know, getting guys better and, and watching guys grow. So uh, after a year at South Florida, I just decided to. Uh, go back to uh, my home state of Rhode Island and uh, be a teacher. And in the summers, I just felt, you know, it was a great time to work guys out. That was their free time. That was my free time. So I started doing it on the side. And, um, you know, every summer I was interning down at IMG Academy. And next you know, I got a few guys with Ryan Gomes and started working with Telfair and a few other guys. And uh, then I went on and worked at ABCD camp and met uh, Derek Rose, Kevin Love, and kind of grew on from there and I quit teaching and did it full time so it kind of not something you know you grow up and say you want to do it kind of you know just kind of happened and uh, you know it's been fun. Now I just mentioned your clientele list obviously one of the most impressive clientele lists out there who is the person that you enjoy working with the most? Um, I would say I have a favorite to work out I mean I mean luckily all my guys uh, the guys you named are all you know, of the hardest workers in the league. So, the, you know, guys that don't like to work out are guys that come in and, uh, you know, don't give it the role or waste their time, waste my time. And, you know, you have a few of those in and out, but luckily uh, the guys that I stuck with and the guys that stuck with me, you know, Love, Westbrook, Durant, Rose, um, you know, they've, they've done a heck of a job. You know, with Steph Curry now, you know, those are some of the hardest workers in the league, and that's why, you know, they're right at the top every year. So take me through the process of when you, um, someone comes in, they say, I want to work on this part of my game. Well, what, what goes into the strategy to develop the workouts and, and how to pinpoint how to improve uh, on a player's particular aspect of their game? Yeah, I mean, uh, when a guy approaches me, you know, I kind of give my um, feedback on what I think you know, they need to work on. And then, you know, we talk, talk it through, and then I usually watch, you know, hours and hours of film of just them individually, you know, uh, offensively, and, and kind of what what they do, what can't do, what they need to get better at, and uh, as well as their strengths too. You know, I want to prove their strengths. So um, it's kind of a team effort, but it, you know, in the end, it's my job to, to really, you know, find the best way to do that. And uh, you know, it's more of my input than theirs, to be honest. You know, they come in and. Well, I might approach them and say, you know, this is what you need to do to get to where you want to be or to stay where you want to be or improve or whatever. So um, it, it's probably mo- mostly on me to do that. And if this, all the film and, with, you know, seeing guys, you know, evaluating them and having guys over a long period of time, I kind of know 
their tendencies. Let's go to Syracuse for a sec. I know you've told this uh, story many times before, but if you wouldn't mind telling it again, there's a game against Colgate. Coach Bayheim says, you know, hold the ball, don't take any shots. Why don't you take it from there if you don't mind? Yeah, you know, I, I you know, we were up, you know, who, who, who knows, enough to, for me to be in the game. <laughs> and uh, and I, I come down, shoot a three, and make it. And that, that was all right because, you know, it was a minute left and I shot the ball, whatever. So now we get the ball back. Uh, and we're up three more points than we were when I get in the game. Shot clock's off. And most people would assume, you know, I'm happy. I got my three up. I made it. You know, let's, let's call it a day and, and, and get this win. <laughs> uh, I decided to, you know, what the heck, take another one. <laughs> and uh, I don't even know how many people are watching. I think people are just assuming I was going to dribble the ball out. So, uh, and not only did I shoot it, but it went in again. <laughs> uh, and, and I remember... And after the game, Coach Bayham and Hop kind of smirked at me, kind of like, "What, what the hell are you thinking?" And I remember just saying, "Saying Hop was going to do not play me," <laughs> you know. So uh, <laughs> it, was, it was just kind of funny how it worked out because uh, I just kind of wanted to take advantage of my uh, my limited minutes, so I did that in two or three days in about a minute. <laughs> one of the things I learned from Rob, see, Rob was a senior when I came in as a freshman, and one of the key assets I learned from him is he told me, don't, don't try to run a play when you get in the game. Just, just, just get in there and shoot. That, you, you got two, three minutes. Time is limited. But, <laughs> but what a lot of people don't know, uh, in terms of Rob, you know, there's a lot of big-time Q's fans, diehard Q's fans, and, and Rob was a uh, roommate to one of the special Syracuse players, and I, I think it's Syracuse history, um, and, and, and the great Billy Selick. You know, people, people, people will never forget him. And, <laughs> you can't forget that. And I, I remember going over to the apartment and, and just seeing the Billy Selick in his element. And, and Rob, what was that experience, just uh, <laughs> rooming with him and, and, and how he... uh, Rooming with Bill was tougher than practice. <laughs> uh, it was uh, quite the experience. Yeah, you know, Bill made me who I am today, uh, for sure, to get through that. But, uh, no, Billy is one of the nicest kids you'll ever meet. And it's funny because, you know, Coach Bayham or anybody could yell at him. He could have a bad game. And he was always the same guy. I mean, nothing ever affected this guy no matter what. And, uh, and he stuck right out, you know, being 7-1. But uh, super <laughs> dupe. We, we were for two years. And, uh, you know, I didn't have a car really my junior, my junior year. So I spent, you know, almost every second with Bill. And it was definitely fun. <laughs> Rob, great stuff. Thanks so much for joining us today. Visit robmacbasketball.com for more on Rob. Uh, Rob, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks again. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Rob. All right. I'm now joined in the SNY studios by the Juice Online senior college basketball <laughs> analyst and 2003 national champion, Andrew Cowie. Andrew, thank you for being again, uh, coming on again in the studio. Always. All right, so the last time we were here, we were talking about Syracuse, and you were saying, you know, I'm not sure where the offense is going to come from. I, that that doesn't seem to be as big a problem as we've gotten to know the team a little bit better this year. Yes and no. I'm, I'm still, you know, when a team is a top 10 team, top 5 team, obviously they're a good team. And, you know, you're kind of just nitpicking, really, about little things here and there. Um, but I think we saw a lot in that game against St. John, especially in the second half, where they went through a pretty big dry spell. And St. John's took out Cooney. They were like, he's not going to get off. We're right. going to make sure we take him out. And you could see that they're leaving. They're just guarding the post players, fronting them. They're like, we're playing you one-on-one. -on -one, and if, it's, it's, if you can't beat us, 
you know, with the one on one, then you know, we're going to be, a, it's going to be a close game. And we struggled. It looked like, you know, finding guys in the post to get easy baskets. And, you know, that was a, a concern. One of the things, one of the other takeaways that I got from that game was the play of Tyler Ennis, because there were certain stretches in that second half you're talking about where he looked very much like a freshman. Sure. Um, but then toward the end of the game, he looked very much not a freshman. He looked like a very seasoned veteran. And I'm very comfortable with the ball in his hands at the end of a game. Are you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I love Tyler. You could see Beheim. Beheim doesn't even yell at Tyler. You know, <laughs> he he is so. You could see Beheim so comfortable with with knowing that Tyler has the ball. And if you watch, I love watching him play because if you you see how he plays when he doesn't have the ball, he it's almost like he sees things happening two play two or three plays ahead. He just knows how to move and get into the right spots. He's it's really like an old school just control the game. He's not going to wow you with you know jumping over people, dunking on people, crazy crossovers and so. But he knows okay, you're taking Trevor out of the game. Well, I have more opportunity to drive, right. and I can just it's just a sense a feel that you can't teach. It's just you either have it or don't, and that's great. I love his assist to turnover ratio. It, he had two turnovers against St. John's. I think that's as many as he's had all season. I think he has something like a four to one or a five to one turnover to assist ratio. He always looks so calm. You know, he never looks flustered. He never looks in a hurry, which is the important part. Yeah. I ran into Bill Raftery during halftime. We were just talking about Ennis, and he said, you know, he he's so under control, yet he plays so fast. And I, I'm, I'm so impressed by him. Yeah, that's, so I far. mean, that's just, it's something I don't think you can teach. It's just you either have it or you don't. And he's just that special point guard where he understands the game, can, can control the game the way he wants it, dictate it. And it's nice to have... When, at end of games, when it's close, you know, it's two, three point and one possession, a turnover can change a game. Knowing that the ball is, is in his hands is, you know, makes everyone feel m more comfortable for sure. There's a couple other things that I saw from this game. One, Coach Beheim talking about in his postgame press conference, he wanted to get the ball into his bigs a little bit more. Um, not so much Keita because, uh, you know, Keita just struggles offensively, but Christmas and Coleman, he feels like he can get a little bit more out of them. Do you do you see that? Would you like to see them get their ball, the ball into the post a little bit more? Well, yeah. I think the reason he said that is what, what he was seeing is that they were it, they were fronting the post and there was with no help defense. So it was just like all you got to do is throw over to the guy and it's an easy layup and we couldn't get it done. I don't know if it was just not the ability to make the pass or or Christmas wasn't posting upright. And I think that is a concern of if guys are, if they're going to guard our postmen like that in terms of not helping and just say one-on-one -on -one and we're not getting points out of that, that becomes an area, I think, of concern. If you can get 8 to 12, 14 between Coleman and Christmas, that's a big number. And, and that's a concern if we can't get that. Now, Syracuse, you know, 68-63, they, they edge by St. John's. And... It was a good game back and forth, and I thought the crowd was great, too. It was great. It was like, great atmosphere. Throw it back to, like, the 80s and 90s of the old-school Big East. Cause and even St. John's had a great oh, turnout. Yeah. So it was, for a noon game, it was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but now they, they go back. I guess they play high point. We're not worried about high point. They're going to beat high point. We're not worried about that. The game after that, old-school Big East again, they play Villanova. Villanova is a top-10 team. Uh, so long as they don't lose this week, they're going to continue to be a top-10 program. Is, how much do you look at that as a barometer of what this team is going to be? Or have you seen enough, or would you like to see the Villanova game? How much do you read into that? Uh, I don't read too much into it. I, I, think, uh, I think it's just looking forward to it as a fan. It's a great game. Um, you, you're gonna, you learn a lot. I mean, I think we learned a lot from just St. John's in terms of 
you know, that go-to score. You know, CJ stepped up a little bit, but he also had a lot of turnovers, yeah. crazy turnovers, when when that probably shouldn't have happened. We, and you got to clean that part up. And I think each little game, um, you, we're going to learn a little bit of, of what our tendencies are and what our inefficiencies are, which hopefully will be key come late February and March. So these games are just perfect to just learning more, more about the team and, and being ready for when it really counts come tournament time. We were actually talking about this a little bit before the show where, you know, CJ had, I think, two or three just uncharacteristic tournaments. He just dribbled the ball out of bounds where right. he'd lose the ball. And then he missed three free throws down the stretch at St. John's. I think that's an anomaly. I mean, he, he also hit three very clutch mid-range jumpers too. Absolutely. But do you, do you take away anything from that at all? I, I just take it away as I mean, obviously those type of turnovers, you know, kill it really when when it's that possession it really matters. You hate to have a bad turnover like that. A missed shot's a missed shot. You can right. get an offensive rebound. You can get fouled. Um, my biggest thing, my biggest fear with CJ is he has such a great mid-range game. You know, when he when they run isolation plays for him, he gets it face face up and he can pull up for that mid-range and it's tough to guard, but. What, what happens if they, they guard that, can he post up and take a guy in the post, in the, especially the way that they're calling fouls now, yeah. you know, get someone in foul trouble or get an easy foul and get two shots on the free throw, and is it always going to be a mid-range face-up game? Um, that's my concern. And I guess, like you said, we're going to find out a lot more about this team as each game goes by, but, you know, that Villanova game, December 28th at um, – at the Carrier Dome, we're going to find out a little bit more. Absolutely. And it'll be, it'll be a great game. Andrew, we're right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts. My closing thoughts is, you know, it was great to have Rob um, on the show. Rob was very influential and helpful when I came to Syracuse. He was a senior freshman and kind of a mentor and, and, and helped me, you know, do things the right way at Syracuse. And, you know, it's great to see where, where he has gone. He put in a lot of hard work. Obviously, it helps to be, you know, play basketball at Syracuse, but um, you know, he really did a lot of it on his own and grinding it out, and it's just a great success story to see where he, has, where he is, and, and it's, it's awesome. I love the attention that he's getting for all his hard work, to piggyback on that idea. I mean, he was recently featured in Sports Illustrated. He's in Yahoo. He's on ESPN. It's really nice to see someone who's, who's, who's fine-tuned their craft and is really reaping the, the success that they've so, so well earned. Absolutely. All right, my closing thought is going to be on Sean Keeley over at NoonsMagician.com. He started a donation drive to send underprivileged youth to the Texas Bowl, and he's already raised money for 650 kids to go to the game. So that he's going to keep it open until this Monday. I urge all of you who are listening, go to NoonsMagician.com to find out how to donate. It's for a great cause, and it's going to help out a lot of the kids in, uh, in the Houston area. That's it for us. For Andrew Cowie, this is Wes Chang reminding you that I'm not interested in caring about other people. I once worked with a guy for three years and never learned his name. Best friend I ever had. We still never talk sometimes. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. 
If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.